So, too many people suffer on the inside just to look good on the outside. A lot of us make important decisions not because we take an inventory on what the outcome means to us personally, but on what perception it will have to our image. Funny thing about image is that it is a reflection of a moment. It's a snapshot of a holistic existence and what an image of now is may not reflect what your whole life should be. It is for these reasons why I think a lot of relationships struggle. Because majority of our relationships are not based on the honesty of the personalities, but on the image of the people that are involved in a relationship. And as much as I don't find it appropriate to address relationship topics, today I want to talk about relationships. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Forget Norms with Mr. Fashino. going on everybody welcome to another episode of our podcast forget norms my name is mr fashino um i've been asked several times why i don't really talk about relationships i'll share this i find it inappropriate for anyone to tell you about relationships because i think majority of the time the narratives are always you know unconsciously sometimes making themselves either a victim or a victor depends on how they want to pin on the swing and so it is very rare that you actually get the full-blown understanding of what's really going on unless you find that person who's willing to look themselves in the mirror and say you know what i did wrong and i did this wrong but that being said i want to talk about relationships today i i lived in philly for for several years and i had gotten acquainted with um one of my neighbors who um i was fond of it was a husband it was a husband and wife and one day I came back home and I saw the wife, you know, packing a U-Haul truck and I offered to help. Now, in my opinion, I'm thinking they're moving, you know, from either that house that they lived in to somewhere else. So I'm helping pack. I never asked. But towards the end of the packing, she got a little bit emotional. And so that's when I asked. I said, oh, you're going to miss, miss the place. She said, yeah. I said, well, you know, change is always good. And she looked at me and she said, not this type of change. So I said, what do you mean? She said, um, Lenny and I are getting a divorce. I had known them for about 10 years. So at least in my opinion, they've been married for 10 years. And so I asked and I said, well, you know, what's going on? She said, after 32 years of marriage, uh, we finally come to a place where we have to go our separate ways. And... It's, it's, it's easier that as that flowed out of her mouth to me it was you know it brought me to a place where I had too many questions in my head and I'm saying to myself what could possibly provoke a divorce after 32 years of marriage what could make somebody be in the same spot for 32 years and then get to a place where they say I'm done I'm walking away I'm going to start afresh from that point on i started to look at relationships as a very fragile thing but then i said what what makes it fragile what makes it the way it is if you know anything about this show it's about forgetting norms and i'll start from the point of norms i think a lot of our relationships in the first place are not authentic 
If two people are in a relationship, it doesn't matter what type of relationship. It could be a friendship. It could be a platonic. It could be a romantic relationship. If two people are in any type of a bonding and they cannot get along, one person is lying. And sometimes we always want to think about lies to be the fact that you say, I'm going to the store, but really you're going to a club. I have gotten to the place where I took that phrase and I said, one person is lying in the sense that one person does not even know themselves. So whatever they present in the relationship in and of itself is a lie. Because as we grow and as we change and as we start to realize certain things, as we face some of the challenges that we didn't face yesterday, somebody begins to feel a different type of way in my opinion that's one form of a lie i have been in a relationship where i was the liar not because i chose to lie and and, and if you read this in my book as well you'll see it i thought that i was giving my all in a relationship but my partner felt like i was not giving my all because she expected leadership but every time that it comes to a decision making i will always revert back to her for how to make the decision and she will look at me like dude you're the head of the household so in her mind i'm a weak guy in my mind i'm a strong guy i'm 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 the head of this household that is a classic in my opinion form of lies where you haven't faced your truth to realize that what you think that you are you're not necessarily expressing that which you say you are and so when i look back at this couple and they say after 30 years was going on and one thing was for certain somebody got up and said i can't put up with this anymore i've been dealing with this for this long and it's been killing me it's a dead weight and i don't want to carry it anymore i didn't go into the details with this couple to find out exactly what the problem is but that was what the consensus was was the fact that i'm i'm dealing with something that i don't want to deal with anymore i don't know who this person really is after 32 years of marriage and i'm saying to myself wow this is interesting because there's a psychology to reasoning when it comes to how you deal with people that you meet a lot of times when we fall into relationships we always have the tendency to keep the things that we don't want to bring up in the moment and bring them up five ten years from now not knowing that when we do courtship on a from a guy's perspective we present ourselves in one way a lot of men wants to always come in and think that buying flowers and doing all these things, you know, according to girl, that's what it is. Well, you don't understand that that's the stage that you're setting for the relationship. Now, on the flip side, you have people that do understand that, well, he was doing that to get my attention and he's gotten my attention. On another side, you have people who feel like you're doing that to get my attention. Make sure that you're able to maintain that attention by doing the same things. The moment you switch from that courtship and you don't court no more because you've been in a relationship for five years, you've switched. It's basic understanding. You've switched. Now, does it have to be that way? No. But then what makes that switch more comfortable to everybody else is the fact that communication becomes the tool. I can look at my wife and say, hey, listen, I was trying to get your attention. That's why I purchased you that that purse. That's why I did all that stuff. Sometimes I didn't even have food to eat, but I was able to make you understand that I'm willing to make these sacrifices. It's a good thing for you to communicate that. But then the person also has to accept the fact that I didn't expect you to maintain that. I understood that you were just courting me. Now, if you find somebody who says, listen, I took it for the fact that you had enough and you were going to be able to provide for me. That is going to be a problem in the relationship when you cannot maintain that. But that communication has to be there, which makes the breakup. If you get to a point where you have to break up in that instance, it makes the breakup, in my opinion, a little bit mutual. Let me switch gears here because being able to love somebody is, in my opinion, a very dark place. And the reason why I call it a dark place is because 
for me, for you to be able to love someone, you have to, first of all, be able to understand what love means to you and what love means to that person. Our dating cycle nowadays has really changed. A lot of ways that people date is, is kind of like I look at you, you look at me, our eyes lock. It's like we got something for each other. Maybe on that day we'll have sex and keep it moving. We don't necessarily have this conversation that I feel like built towards the future. Now we just go through, you know, the feeling of the fact that I like you, you like me. And let's see how this works out. And then we invest emotions into it. And then two, three years from now, we want to have the conversations that will only force us to look at each other as liars because we never talked about it. And so you have two people who never had this conversation and they always want to look at each other and say, you lied to me. And the other person said, you lied to me. Why? Because of my presentation of my attitude to you. We never spoke. We never communicated. And we never predicated our relationships on the aspect of communication. So now that we're facing some kind of, you know, roadblocks in our relationship, we want to start talking. Well, our relationship is not based on that because we formed the habit of not necessarily having a communication. So in my opinion, I've always said this to females, especially females that I talk to. Men are not good communicators. That's what the world teaches us. Those are the norms that we've been accustomed to believe it. I don't know if it's true. You have to find out for yourself whether or not the man that you're dealing with is a good communicator or is not. You also have to know whether you prefer somebody who's a good communicator or not. And if you're somebody who's a communicator, why come into a relationship hoping that they can communicate when from day one you can force them to communicate or leave them alone? It's the same thing where people always worry about questions that you asked on the first date. Oh, I don't want to ask that question. It might come off like I'm desperate. I said, why? What's the, what's the point? Are you desperate? No. Then you should ask the question that you honestly feel like you need to know. Don't wait two, three months. Don't wait six months. Don't wait five months after you done did some stuff that you probably didn't want to. Let's talk about sex. You might have sex with him. Now you feel like, oh my God, he's betraying me because all he wanted to do was sleep with me. Maybe not. Maybe that's not all he wanted to do. But after that happens and then you guys start to open yourself up to each other. Now you're both realizing that this conversation that should have happened on the first date probably wouldn't have, you know, provoked a second date. But you never had it because you're concerned about these norms about dating. You're concerned about these rules about dating to say that don't ask this on the first date. Don't come off this one on the first date. Says who? Who wrote this Bible? Who wrote this book that you're following when you have your own book to follow, which is how you feel? Who wrote the book of telling you how to deal with a guy on a first date? And those books have never worked because guess what? One size does not necessarily fit all. So why don't you come into a relationship from a female standpoint, especially because I think the woman really, in my opinion, technically controls the relationship because she's the one that is being chased. And if somebody is going to chase you, then you tell them how you want to be chased. And if somebody is going to chase you to be with you, then you have to tell them and say, hey, I know you want me, but this is the type of things that I want. Like, for instance, kids. You talk about kids from day one. Talk about marriage from day one if that's your MO. Talk about credit from day one if that's your MO. Don't wait till day 16. Don't wait till day 50 for you to ask them because you're concerned about the fact that dude is going to tell you that you're desperate. Who cares if he thinks you're desperate? So what? I'm going to ask you the questions that I need to ask you now so I'm not wasting 15 days with you. I'm not wasting six months with you only to come and find out that all you want to do was run around and party all day. And yes, I like that, but that's not the only thing I like. So don't get me confused when I'm hanging out with you on the weekends and I'm still trying to build a family with you. Now you feel like I switched because six months from now I'm telling you, hey, listen, it's starting to get a little bit too expensive when we keep going out every day. Let's chill. I could have been told you that from day one. So... 
that's my 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 point about relationships we don't come into the relationships with our honesty of ourselves we come into the relationships with this formulated societal structure of how a relationship should flow which means when we're dating we're not having conversations as people who want to get married well my question is do you want to get married if the answer is yes, why are you afraid to present yourself as somebody who's looking for a husband? If that's really what you're looking for. If you don't want to get married, why? From a guy's perspective, why also are you trying to court women that you know for a fact that are looking for somebody to get married with? You could say it's selfish. I said, no, it's a lie. Forget selfishness. It's just a lie. And it's the lie that we both play as men and women. And we end up finding ourselves in a place where it just makes dating a little bit too hard for people to do. Because they follow the script of living that does not necessarily sometimes fit their personality. Do you have to? No. Who said that you have to ask only these type of questions from the first date? And you don't have to ask this. Well, because people are going to look at you funny. Why do you care? If that is so important to you, why do you care about the, the the other stuff that's not so much important to you, which is how people look at you? Let me let me let me wrap this up because I really didn't want to go this long. Let me wrap this up and talk about a few things that I feel like we should pay attention to as we think about relationships. The first thing I want to talk about is this: there's a difference between being good or correct and being fair. You can be good, but you you're a little bit unfair. So, why is it so hard for people to find and maintain love? Is because sometimes we look at good things and not look at fairness. In some relationships, that's not so much a problem because somebody doesn't care giving you $100 even though you only gave them $20. Is it fair and balanced? No, but if that's something that works for that relationship, then let that stick. But if you realize that it's not fair, then you have to find a way to let them understand that this is something that I'm not going to tolerate. But these conversations need to happen in the beginning of the relationship, not four years into the relationships. I do understand that sometimes situations provoke an understanding that you may have not necessarily faced or encountered in the beginning of the relationship, but it comes up towards the end. Now, if that is something that happens fresh, your relationship should be able to withstand that if your communication was intact based on how you guys unravel things that you don't know about but when you can understand those two things you can easily pick women let me talk to you you can easily realize a guy who is being unfair but he's a nice dude but he's just an unfair dude that dude is probably going to cause problems in the future probably i'm not saying that will but i'm saying there's a probability that you might have an issue with that if that is something that you look for somebody with a fair fair characteristics, you can't tell me to not go out with shorts on, but you feel the need to look at a woman that has a short skirt on and think it's appropriate when I love to wear a short skirt and you don't want me to put that on. It's a controlling attitude. It's unfair. Now, these are not staples for every relationship, and I don't want you to take this to say it must apply to you. It doesn't. But in a relationship where this type of situations apply, you have to look at that stuff and you have to look at it from day one. The second part that I want to talk about is that most of us, like I said, either lie or refuse to accept the fundamentals of our biology. We are creatures of variety, but even more importantly, we are creatures of willpower. So sometimes our, our ideology of liking varieties of things might force us to not see the reality of what is.
There are some people in life who just cannot maintain a stable relationship, period. Because you might be good in bed, but you're not a good cook. You might be good in bed, but you don't dress the way that they like. You might be good in bed, but there's a few things about you that they don't like. Now, somebody like that may not have the willpower to say, you know what, I'm going to count my losses on the other side, and I'm just going to stick with this. They might want to still have you and search for the gaps that are in you so they can get it somewhere else. And while you're sitting there waiting for them to change, those people don't ever change. You might just have to leave them alone. And you also, on the other side, have to understand that you might have to take your losses and move on as opposed to sitting there waiting. I've seen too many people in relationships who are waiting and hoping that their partner changes and be with them in the light that they want them to be. I'm saying, Jesus Christ, if that's what you choose to do, by all means, I pray it does happen for you. But on the flip side, this is painful. Do you have to wait? It's totally up to you. Third thing I want to talk about is that we're creatures of habits. If you consider habits to be only actions, then there's something missing. We're also habit, uh, creatures of habits with our mental habits as well. Like for instance, I know a lot of people who say I'm not going to date from the white race. I'm not going to date a Chinese. I'm not going to date a Japanese. Some of these things are not fundamentally your thought process. It's the things that have been passed on to you based on cultural differences and you've heard on to them. That limits your pool of dating. And so you find yourself within the same circle of men, whereas maybe a white guy could have been better for you. Ladies, men, must you date from your race? Must you pay attention to the habits that you've cultivated and held onto that sometimes may not necessarily be for you? I know a lot of Christians who have this thing. You can't be unequally yoked. That's what the Bible says. But well, what is unequally yoked? A lot of us go to churches on, 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 on Sunday morning, for those who go to church on Sundays, or go to church on Saturdays and come out and go to clubs and hang out there. Well, you're going to meet men that are not equally yoked. Let's talk about dating in, in the sense of, 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 of personalities. Do you even know your personality for you to find somebody who's going to compliment your personality? So all these mental habits of some of the things that we have are also, in my opinion, some of the norms that have been passed on to us through traditional reasoning for us to be able to look at this thing and say, no, we don't want to do this. But we sometimes feel like it's good for us to hold on to that belief because why? This is who we are. Not necessarily checking to really test if that's really who we are. So sometimes you might have to break out of your element and do something different for you to find love in another place. Finally, self-love. Most of us don't have it. This sounds very cliche and I know a lot of people have talked about this topic and say, you cannot give from what you don't have. I'm saying, for you to be able to love somebody, you have to really know what love really means. This is, this is, this is me being as cliche as possible, but I'm going to expound on it a little bit. I don't think that any relationship that has an understanding of communication can ever suffer some of the things that we face. I don't think anybody in this world, I don't care how good your friends are, I don't care how best friends you have, should be able to tell you whether or not to stay or walk away from a relationship if you fundamentally know the things that get you going and the things that get you to stop. It's a good thing to have friends to give you a different perspective of what you're facing in your home. But it's fundamentally your call for you to be able to say, okay, you know what? This I can't tolerate. This I can put up with. 
So the idea of always needing somebody to advise you about what to do in a relationship, in my opinion, is a pure joke. Again, the reason why I don't really like to talk about relationships is because I tend to look at life from a black and white perspective. It's either you in or you out. I don't like fences. I don't believe in the fact that you can straddle the fence and call yourself somebody who can be counted from one side. It's either you in or you're out. It's either you can do this or you can't. Now, I do understand the the idea of people with, you know, not so much strong willpower for them to make decisions on their own. Most people come fundamentally into relationships hoping that that which they have been taught must be exemplified in relationships for them to feel like they're in a relationship. Why don't you call me 15 times to check on me? That means you care. Okay? That's your love language. I have to decide whether or not calling you 15 times a day proves that I care or I could be doing that just to make you feel comfortable while I'm also visiting 15 different other women every time I call you to say how you doing goes back to truth and lies it goes back to your truth it goes back to your understanding of yourself it goes back to you being able to understand yourself and communicate that efficiently to the person that you're dealing with to say okay this is who i know myself to be as of this moment something might come up to trigger me in a light that i don't understand and at that point i'll update you on who i am at that point but as of right now Everything that I have learned of myself, I'm presenting this to you as honest as possible without necessarily any thought process of what the society brings. And if your partner, be it male or female, can bring that same honesty to the table, I don't see why any relationship can fail with those type of honest communications of to say, from day one, this is me. If day two comes with some changes and challenges, I'll let you know. But this is what I bring to the table. And the other person looks at you and says, you know what? This is what I also bring to the table. If that can be practiced, where people don't have to follow these rules and these norms of saying, go, don't tell them everything from day one. Don't tell them everything about who you are from day one. But then you expect them to love you at day 30 when you've withheld some information that probably would have helped them to not even deal with you from day one and then you expect the relationship to find solace i don't know but for anyone who's looking for love for anyone who's in a relationship that just started for anyone who's been in a relationship for as long as they've been i'm going to say this if you could find a way to be truthful to yourself and be truthful to your partner, and I mean total honesty, where your flaws are being expressed and you expect them to express their flaws as well. If both of you can tell honest truth to yourself first and then to your partner second, I guarantee anyone it will be almost impossible to not have a flourishing relationship. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves. Peace. For more information, or to get in contact with our host, visit our website, www.forgetnorms.com.